Well, good morning. Make sure this works here. There we go. Well, good morning. It's wonderful to have you all here this morning. I was concerned that I was only going to be preaching to one person back there, so glad we have more of you, right? <laughs> Please uh, join me as we sing the doxology, which is found in the red hymnal number 549. The doxology number 549 in the red hymnal. is hymn number 698. The attitude that you should have is the one that Christ Jesus had. He always had the very nature of God, but he did not think that by force he should try to become equal with God. Instead of his own free will, he gave it all up and took the nature of a servant. He became like man. He appeared in human likeness. He was humble and walked the path of obedience to death his death on the cross. For this reason, God raised him to the highest place above and gave him the name that is greater than any other name, so that in honor of the name of Jesus, all things in heaven and on the earth and in the world below will fall on their knees, and all will openly proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Our first hymn this morning is number 458, Jesus Keep Me Near the Cross. 458, Jesus Keep Me Near the Cross. Walk from day to day. 
Our scripture reading this morning is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 8, beginning with verse 34. Summoning the crowd, along with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone wants to be my follower, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life because of me and the gospel will save it. For what does it benefit a man to gain the whole world, yet lose his life? What can a man give in exchange for his life? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Amen. Let us pray. Our gracious God, Lord, we are so thankful that we've had the opportunity to worship you thus far. For the scriptures that we have read, the hymns that we have sung, the prayers that we have offered. And God, I would ask that you would just guide us as we continue to worship you and that we listen to the words that you have for us. And help me, God, to say those things that would put us on the right course for the life that you want us to lead. In Christ's name, amen. Well, I hope all of you have had a, a good week. I've had a very interesting week doing different things. But one of the things that I wanted to share with you that I've been learning over the, this past week is I've had to ask myself this question, and I ask you the same question. What are the things that you do, what are the things that I do, that draw us closer to God? So what are the things that you do, what are the things that I do, that draw us closer to God? Now, the reverse side of that question is what are the things that you do and what are the things that I do that take us away from God? And I think we need to ask both of those questions. What are the things that you do that I do that bring us closer to God? And what are the things that you do that I do that take us away from God? And I think we need to Think about that. Go ahead, sir. You can ask, answer one of those questions. Well, to me, if I'm, if I'm reading the Word, as opposed to anything else, but <clears throat> number one for me would be uh, television. Okay. It's really easy to get engrossed in that. Okay. I do watch Christian stations most all the time, but it's still nothing better than getting the Word. Okay. And the preacher is on TV, whoever that might be. Right. Like Okay. If, if they talk two or three minutes on a given piece of scripture, I'm into it. I'm follow along with my Bible. Okay. But if they said there are a couple, of, you know, they give you a couple of verses and then they want to talk about it for the next half hour. Right. And then they want me to buy his book. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. All right, well, thank you. Appreciate that you sharing that today. So in both of those questions, I think at times I know that I find myself 
in a struggle in something in which I know the things that I should do that draw me closer to God and I think I have pretty good awareness of those things that take me away from God and there seems to be a struggle within me and perhaps you have that same type of struggle it is though we are walking the tightrope that's the title of the sermon the tightrope that you and I walk between the things that God wants us to do and the things that we want to do. And I don't know if you know, if you're familiar with what a tightrope is, but basically if you've ever been to a circus, and it's been a long time since I've been to a circus, but I've been, a, been to a circus, and if you've ever seen the high wire act where they are walking the tightrope from one point to another along that rope, hopefully, usually they have a net underneath them in case they fall, But what's interesting about that is I think the fascination that a person has while walking with someone on a tightrope is whether they're going to fall or not, whether they're going to keep their balance. And of course, within that scenario, we are challenged by the fact in terms of how far they have to fall. So picture me, if you will, that perhaps you're the person walking that tightrope. And the further you are from the ground, from the earth, as you're walking the tightrope, the more in danger you are of something happening to you if you fall. Now picture for me this image. That tightrope walker, if it's you, their distance is determined by how far they are away from God. So the farther you are away from God, the more danger there is if if you fall off that tightrope and something happens to you. But, in the same way, the closer you are to God, the closer that tightrope is to the ground, to the earth, And if you do fall, you don't have to fall as far, and you're more likely not to get hurt because of that distance. So you kind of picture that. I'll use that term metaphor in terms of you're walking that tightrope of your life and how how far away from God you are determines the distance that you have to fall if something happens in your life where you make a mistake or something happens. And the opposite is true. The closer you are to God, the closer you are to earth, the closer you are to the ground. So if you do have a misstep, you don't have to fall very far. And the likelihood of you getting hurt is greatly diminished. And I think that is the challenge when we make a decision to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Because it is significant to note that as a follower of Jesus Christ, that we must deny ourselves in terms of the things that we want to do. Not everything. God gives us our personality. He gives us who we are. He allows us to freely make choices about things in everyday life. But what's important here is the spiritual concept of where is your walk with God Where is my walk with God? And do we deny those things 
within our own lives that take us away from God, that separate us from God? Do we deny ourselves those things that we know are a challenge to us, that makes that distance wider between ourselves and God? And as we are walking the tightrope of life, we know that there will be times that we will fall. There will be times that we will make mistakes, that we will have errors in our judgment. But I think it's important to note that because of God's grace that he has for us through his son Jesus Christ, that is the net that is always there for us, is God's grace. Because I am going to fall today. I know that. Because I'm an imperfect person. And in my imperfections, I know that today, somewhere, somehow, either by word or deed or thought, that I will fall from my tightrope. But I know that God's grace is there for me, and I hope that I'm doing the things that God wants me to do, so the distance in which I have to fall is not that great, and that I will not hurt myself, and that I will not hurt others. But I know that I am walking that tightrope through my own individual life. And so are you. But God's grace is there, always there for you. And there's nothing that we can do that will separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And it's important for us to understand that as we deny ourselves and as we take up the cross, and our desire is to follow Christ and his teachings, that God is always there with us to help us, to give us the understanding and the discernment that we need to have. Because if we hold on to our lives, if we hold on to everything that we want to do, if we hold on to the me part of me, that we will truly not have the life that God wants us to have. We will truly lose our lives because of our own desires, because of our own selves, because of the me part of us that takes and controls everything that we do, all of our actions. But Jesus points out that if you truly want to have life, that if you really want to live it to the fullest, if you really truly want it to be saved, that you need to be a follower of me. That you need to live by my teachings. Because if we have everything that the world can give us, what is that personal benefit to us if we know that after we die, we lose it all? Do you ever see an armored car taking somebody's fortune along with them as they are going to the cemetery? Somebody was telling me the joke the other day about the people that wrote checks and put it in the person's grave. 
so he could redeem them, so he could cash them in. Now we know that that's a joke. But in the same way, if you think about that, what do we leave behind from our own individual lives that God wants us to leave behind? God gives us an understanding and a purpose every day of our lives. And it's in the relationships that we have with each other. It's in the relationships that we have with family and with friends and with co-workers. It's how we view life from our perspective about what life means to us. And what can we exchange for that? What can we give to that? The scriptures tell us this morning that if you are following my teachings, as Jesus said, that you will have the life that you are truly searching for. And once again, to not make the comparison of yourselves to others. Because every time I know that I do that, the me part of me just kind of wants to creep in and start taking control of all of my decision-making process. But when I realize that God has given me wonderful blessings in my life, just look at the things that are in front of you right now. Everything you ever want, everything you ever need, is right here in front of you. And that's how God wants us to look at our own lives. Because we see the richness that God has given us. We do not take for granted the things that God gives us as we consider it based on routine. On the contrary, God gives us those things because he wants us to live a life according to his will and his purpose. And there's nothing that we can do to exchange that life that God wants us to have for his purpose according to his will. We cannot take the me part of it and somehow be greater than what God has to offer than through his son, Jesus Christ. And so for us and the purpose that God wants us to have in our lives, think about the possibilities that God has for you. Your life is never wasted as long as you want to follow Jesus Christ. Your life is never wasted as long as you desire to follow the teachings of Jesus Christ. Your life is never wasted as long as you are trying to do your best to be as close to God as you possibly can. Because then we see the possibility of our lives being multiplied. We see that our life is worthwhile. When we thought that our life perhaps was lost, or that somehow we feel as though we are losing things in life, and we ourselves might consider ourselves to be a loser, God says no, on the contrary. Your life is worthwhile. Your life is reflected of my life in you. I want your life to
to be lived to the fullest. And I want you to be as close as you possibly can be to me. Close to God. Close to God in all things. And then we see that our life does have impact. Not comparing ourselves to others, but just looking at yourself in your relationship with God. If you have a close relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, you are making an impact. Not only in your life, but in the lives of others. And maybe you will never see the impact that you have made. But is that really important? I know there are times in my life when I look back at my life and I need some encouragement and I ask the question, God, did I ever make a difference in anyone's life? And God reminds me, does it really matter? And I say, no, it really doesn't matter, God, but it would be nice to know sometimes, every once in a while, am I making an impact in other people's lives? Am I really living the purpose that you, God, have given me to do? But, when I am close to God, as close as I possibly can be, I don't ask that question. Because I know that as I am trying to be as close to God, as close as I possibly can be, I know that my life is having an impact even though I do not see it. But God sees it because I am doing what I think I should be doing to be as close to God as I possibly can be. And within our own lives, as we take each step and walk forward every day, walking with God in our journey, we do not have to be afraid of the tightrope that we walk on within our own lives. Because the closer we are to God, the farther away we are from our own fears. The closer that we are to God, the farther away we are from our own fears. What are you afraid of this morning? What are you afraid of that prevents you from time to time from doing certain things that you know would enrich your life? If you're closer to God, those fears diminish. The closer you are to God, those fears diminish. And you take that next step with the courage that God wants you to have, with the strength that God wants you to have, with the faith that God wants you to have, with the hope that God wants you to have. We're always going to be afraid of something. There are things in life that we want to have answered. We're not sure completely how to answer those questions within our own personal lives. 
Maybe we're afraid of those answers. Maybe we're, the, we're afraid of entering into certain relationships with people. But God reminds us that regardless of whatever those fears are, the closer you are to me, the more that those fears will be diminished. And in some cases, even taken away. And Christ gives us the perfect example of our lives. A person who fears death dies a thousand times. A person who fears death dies a thousand times. Dies every time that they are afraid of it. Christ tells us here, you do not need to be afraid of your death because I give you life and I give you eternal life. And if that is the case, then what else do we have to fear? Because if there is nothing that can ever separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord, then what do we have to fear? And Christ tells us, if you truly want to have life, you must follow me and my teachings. You must have an attitude of a servant as we deal and interact with each other. That you put other people first other than yourself. Because then it truly gives you the life that God wants you to have. The enrichment of your own personal life. The blessing of your relationship with God that just makes things better and better. And that's how God wants us to live. That's how God wants us to do the things daily in our lives. Conforming and living as best we can through the teachings of Jesus Christ. And it is not easy for us to do. But it's something that God wants us to develop in which it is a routine in our lives in which we do every day. Just like eating, just like exercising, just like doing those things in our lives that remind us that in all things, God is in control. Even though it's beyond the scope of our understanding. God reminds us that as we are his followers, that even the things that are the most difficult things that we might be facing can be overcome because of the faith that we have in following Jesus Christ. And it's a discovery that you and I have to make individually. It's that aha moment is what I call it when you all come to that understanding and that spiritual awakening, that epiphany, where, aha, okay, God, now I understand what you're trying to tell me. And that discovery is very personal. I try to put my own discovery into words, and maybe my words don't reach out to you in the same way. But the Spirit of God reaches out to you in a way that my words could never explain it properly to you, but God 
does through his spirit. And it is in those aha moments that we understand truly how far away we are from God. It is in those aha moments that we truly understand that maybe we need to stop doing certain things because it takes us farther away from God. And the farther away we are from God, the more our fears seem to take control of our lives. And then we have that aha moment when we realize the things that we need to do to draw us closer to God. And we are no longer living a life based on our fears. We're living a life based on trust because of what we believe in as a follower of Jesus Christ. Walking the tightrope in our lives can be fun, can be enjoyable, can give us that joy and that purpose that we're always looking for. We should not be afraid because we know that we have the net of grace that when we make a mistake and when we do fall, it is there to catch us. It is there to remind us that we have been forgiven. It is there to understand that we have been redeemed the redemption of what Christ did for us on the cross. It gives us the strength to get back on the tightrope of life and to continue to walk across the journey that God has set before us. It reminds us that if we are fearful of our circumstances, it should be an indication that maybe we're not as as close to God as perhaps we could be or should be or thought that we were. But then we see as our fears go away, as they dissipate, we see and we understand that how close we truly are to God. Because when we are in our fears, we cannot see God the way that God should be seen. When we are not in our fears, we truly see God for who He is in our lives. And then we see that the journey is worth living. We see that each step that we take is a step that God has given us. We see before us, right before our eyes, all of the many blessings of life that has given us. And we experience the enriched life that God wants us to have, regardless of what those circumstances might be, because we are not looking at the circumstances that we are in. We are looking to God. So it is my hope and prayer that as we leave here today, we walk that tightrope of life with confidence, knowing that we have surrendered our lives to Jesus Christ, knowing that we go forth with a servant attitude towards each other, knowing that we want to do all of those things in our lives that draw us closer to Him so that we can have a life that God wants us to have. And as we draw closer to God, we begin to experience more and more His will and understand His purpose for our lives because we truly see the nature of God. Amen.
Please take a few moments and prepare your hearts for communion, which we partake together publicly. And if you know Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior, please feel free to take communion. Let us pray. Gracious God, we are so thankful that you've reminded us that the tightrope of life that we are on has that net of grace below us. The net that forgives us of our sins. As far as they are from the east as from the west, they are no more. And we praise you for that. And Lord, we publicly, right now, are going to be taking communion together to to be reminded of the fact of what Christ has done for us on the cross. That his blood that was shed on the cross, that his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension, gives us a reminder of the life that we have in him and that it is made complete because of the cross. And we just praise you for that. And Lord, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for drawing us closer to you today. Thank you for allowing our fears to dissipate And even at moments, we're no longer afraid. And we thank you and we praise you for that. Thank you, God. In Christ's name, amen. from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake together. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, 
Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake together. Our closing hymn is number 389, Just As I Am Without One Plea. Thank you for coming.